Welcome everybody to the show. Today is February the 14th, 2024. It is 10.50 a.m. in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And this is Learning to Pray. In today's episode, we comment three aspects of conversion. The first one is prayer. Prayer is key to convert because when we realize that my strength comes from the Lord, then God gives me more graces. It is once again the power of humility. When I as a creature recognize that only God can do something to save me, right? Then I can open my heart to him in prayer and then God gives me graces. If I say to myself or in, with my attitude, right, I don't need God because I know how to do things, then I close my heart to God's action in my heart, right? So the person who prays is a person who most probably is opening his heart for God to transform it. Huh? So first step towards conversion, prayer, humble prayer in which we recognize how great God is and how poor we are. And then we abandon ourselves in the hands of the Lord for him to do something great in us. This is what Mary did. The Lord has made great things in me. This is the prayer of the task collector in the temple. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. That prayer that the Lord liked. And he said, this man went back home justified, whereas the other one didn't. The second aspect of conversion is fast. That means, in a broad sense, mortification. Uh, mortification, it's important because we are soul and body in a unity as a person, right? And we need to cultivate the works of the spirit and we need to cut down the works of the flesh. Uh, that's one of the ideas that St. Paul explains in one of his letters. Those who live according to the flesh probably are not living as good Christians. That's why we need this mortification. Mortification is a good aspect for conversion. If I mortify myself, for instance, at table during meals, I am avoiding to indulge in meals, in food, and I am trying to refrain my appetites, right? And that is good because I somehow bring down the works of the flesh, and I live more according to the Spirit. So that mortification is always good. Uh, mortifications, as San Jose Maria used to say, that make other people's lives more pleasant. Uh, rather than setting out for a super complicated and difficult list of mortifications to offer up to the Lord every day, it is good to leave this mortification of thinking always of others, being ready to serve others, picking up on other people's needs, etc. That's a good way to convert. When we give priority to others and we try to serve them, breaking out of our schedules, breaking out of our plans, so that we show ourselves available for others. Eh? Mortifications, of course, a table, mortifications that make other people's lives more pleasant. The mortification of finishing off with joy the tasks we started, that we took upon, with joy, right? At the very beginning, when someone starts to do something, usually we are very enthusiastic, right? And then as we go down the road, we lose a little bit of enthusiasm, right? Think of 
teachers, you know, at the end of the school year, you know, they, they can be tired, right? So it takes for us a little bit of an effort to uh, put on a smile and to keep on working on things, whether we are teachers or not, to keep on working on things always with this enthusiasm that we had at the very beginning. That's another good mortification. The mortification of forgetting about ourselves. Uh, it is a good idea to stop thinking too much of ourselves. It is not good that we are focused on ourselves all the time. Uh, someone said that the millennials are the me, me, me generation because they are totally self-referential, right? And well, all of us can give into that defect, right? The defect of thinking too much and constantly of myself. So that's not good. It is a good idea to correct that selfishness with a small with small efforts that are called interior mortification, to cut off thoughts that are too focused on myself, right? And instead to foster thoughts that are focused on the Lord and on those around me. Yeah? So second aspect of conversion, mortifications. And the third aspect of conversion is almsgiving. Almsgiving has to do with what we do for others, right? It can be helping them financially, it can be helping them with favors, it can be helping them in many different ways, right? So we can understand this almsgiving in a broad sense as what we are supposed to do to take care of others. Eh? And, well, let us put it this way. This comes down to learning to love better those around us. It is a good point for conversion in our society that everything goes so fast and people live in a very individualistic way, it is a good idea to convert in a sense to learn to love those around us so that they feel loved. And this love for others around us comes down to a few points. I'm going to just comment a few of them. The first one is to love unconditionally, right? We don't love people just because we get something from them. We don't love people just today because I feel good and tomorrow I'm not, I'm not gonna love you because I don't feel okay, right? No, we love people unconditionally, all the time. Eh? If I get tired of someone, okay, that's probably because I am using them for my selfish interest. Or probably I am using them like an object. Eh? Real love has to do with loving unconditionally. Regardless the way I feel today, I'm going to love you. Regardless the way you feel today, you are going to receive my service to you. So to love unconditionally. Then there is empathy. Empathy is very important. We need to show around us, to everybody around us, empathy. Empathy kills indifference. That's why empathy is super important. In this competitive society, in this society that is very... Um, focused on work, etc., and success and money, etc., we need to show empathy. Eh? Empathy before indifference. Mm, when we have this empathy, we are understanding with others. We take some time to understand where they come from. And then we can show to them warmth and affection. Because when you understand someone, when you are understand where this person is coming from, then you can show this affection, right? And this is exactly what the Lord did in his life. The Lord cried for Lazarus. The Lord was touched and was uh, affected by the, the, the death of the son of the widow of Nain, right? The Lord was, you know, moved in his heart and when he knew about Jairus' daughter, uh, he went to heal her, right? So the Lord always showed this compassion, mercy with the crowds because they were like... Um, <clears throat> 
like sheep without a shepherd. So you see um, in the gospel this empathy that the Lord showed in his dealings with everybody. Then we have to love people with purity of intention. Again, I love people not for what I get from them. I love people because they are worth loving them 100%. Huh? In this sense, true love has to do with accepting and embracing the originality of others. Accepting and embracing the gift of others. Everybody is a Everybody has an infinite value as human beings, right? And we have to respect people the way they are and we don't love them because of what we get from them. We love them because of what they are. And they are children of God, so they deserve all our love, all our respect. And somehow God, in every single person, is giving us some gift. The originality of people is a gift for me. So we need to develop this understanding of people so that we get to know them well and we embrace and receive the gift they are for me. And all of this takes sacrifice, but real love is shown in sacrifice, right? In the book of the Acts of the Apostles, we find this line, there is more joy in giving than in receiving. So as Christians in the Catholic Church, we have to be champions of love for others by showing these deeds and this sacrifice for everybody around us. And finally, let's stay away from micromanaging. Micromanagement is always bad because it tries to control people and to tell them what they have to do. And at the end of the day, when we try to micromanage people, we are not respecting people's freedom. And if there is no freedom, there cannot be love. That's something super important. I read somewhere time ago the story of the bossy girl, right? And she was always telling people what to do. She was always playing with others, but telling them the game they were going to play to, giving them orders, etc. She was never listening to others. And her mom one day noticed that her friends were putting her aside. And one day they were at home alone in the balcony and there was this wounded bird that fell into the balcony and the girl caught this bird, squeezed him in her hand and the bird was becoming super noisy, trying to fly out of the hands of the girl, right? And then the mother told her, hey, that's what happens to you and your friends. You squeeze them. Give me the bird. So the mother took the bird and she said to the girl, instead of squeezing your friends, you just embrace them and caress them. And that's what she did with the bird. She opened her hand and started caressing the bird. And the bird rested upon the hand of the mother in silence and peacefully. So... The idea of never micromanaging people, because micromanagement uh, is an attack against people's freedom. If we want to love people, we have to respect their freedom 100%. I hope that these thoughts were useful, and if you want to make some comments, yes, uh, you can reach me to john.agundes at gmail.com. I hope that these ideas were useful. See you in the next episode.